Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. I'm going to find the content, the resources, the best practices, or I'm going to create the content using data or anecdotes or telling stories that is going to add value to their life. And that's basically why I love newsletters. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Yes, the Women in Tech podcast Puma Collection is now live and available at shop.womenintechshow.com. That's shop.womenintechshow.com. Make sure to send us a confirmation of your order because we have something extra special, a little surprise for you. Reach out to us on any of the social handles at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and we will make sure to get you the extra special surprise. The hoodies and fleeces are so sick. You guys voted on them, decided which ones we should roll with, and I absolutely love it. Check out the photos that we have on the site, shop.womenintechshow.com. That's shop.womenintechshow.com. Hi, this is Joseph Ogin, and I'm a product manager. I built platforms used by AOL, Coca-Cola, and National Geographic. I love listening to We Are LA Tech because Esprit and her team really make it easy for us to understand the LA tech community and really break down how companies and users can utilize this new emerging technologies to build businesses and connect with their communities you can follow me online at josephhogin.com. That's Joseph Hogin, H-O-L-G-U-I-N.com. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. I get a lot of people asking me if it's too late to start a podcast. So for my personal spot today, I'm going to share a little bit about the idea of it being too late to anything. I think when we're creating, the important ethos of our creation should be our why behind creating it. I mean, Simon Sinek is famous for this, right? Start with why. And so if we're going into something thinking, is it too late? I feel like we're coming from the wrong place. And I'm at the beach, you guys. I'm sure you hear the dog barking, but life, right? I'm just enjoying the outdoors Why I'm recording these for you. Yeah. So to start with why, think about the ethos, why you're creating what you're creating rather than worrying whether an ecosystem like a, a platform is too saturated, too many people, because no one can deliver the way that you can deliver. And the special message that you have, the special reason why you're creating the thing that you're creating, that's the magic. So it doesn't even matter 
how saturated something is. What matters is creating it from the right place and then finding all the open doors to yes in order to create the opportunity that's meant for your path. We all walk our paths differently. We can't copy someone else's path to get to the same place. We have our own journey and that's exciting. That means anything is possible. So definitely, is it too late to start a podcast? No. And on a note, on that note, It's also not too late to start a podcast because even though there's a high amount of podcasters starting new shows, we hear that in the news all the time, a lot of them are experiencing what we call pod fade. They're giving up on podcasting because they get discouraged because they didn't have a strong connection to their why. So you may see a ton of new shows being created, but there's also a graveyard of, of shows that aren't being maintained. So just don't worry about what everybody else is doing and just focus on what you want to be putting out into the world. All right. Enjoy the next episode. podcast spotlighting LA tech companies and talent so excited for our next guest somebody who is just an amazing person in the tech space based in Hollywood welcome Nick hey thanks for having me on Thank you for being here. Thank you for being so supportive of We Are LA Tech, a community member in We Are LA Tech. You're just awesome and I've been really excited about this interview. Absolutely. I love We Are LA Tech and it's been um, a fun time, you know, getting to be in the community. So go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. I'm Nick Frost. I currently work uh, full-time at DocSend, where I'm the community growth manager. But on my nights and weekends, I'm an entrepreneur building a company called Newsletters.co. And tell us a little bit about DocSend and about Newsletters.co. So DocSend is a secure document sharing platform. Um, It's most commonly used as a tool for founders to share their pitch decks with investors. They upload their pitch deck, they share it as a link with with investors, and they can see sort of how that deck is being interacted with. For newsletters.co, I have been writing newsletters for a long time, uh, nearly 10 years. And so I wanted to build a directory where people can find newsletters uh, as well as uh, get their newsletters seen by more people. And walk us through your history on having newsletter-based businesses. So my first business was a newsletter business. I started it when I didn't know anything about technology or marketing or startups. But what I did was I created a website and I needed a place to capture who was visiting my website. So I set up a landing page, uh, started capturing emails, and I slowly just figured out how to use MailChimp and create this newsletter that eventually started being read by 15,000 people. Uh, This was called Startup List. And basically, I would feature new startups every day and occasional interviews with founders. Just to jump forward for a second, are you from L.A.? I'm not from L.A. I'm actually from a very small town in Missouri, a town of 200 people. So I grew up way outside of tech in a very traditional, you know, area, very small town. And then I, you know, joined the U.S. Navy Uh, which was quite a life change. That brought me to California. I served five years in the U.S. Navy as a diesel mechanic. And towards the end of my enlistment, I was actually stationed in Afghanistan. And when I was stationed in Afghanistan, I created my first startup. That startup was Startup List. Uh, It eventually led me to leave the military and move to San Francisco to pursue being an entrepreneur. I mean, that's wild. And now why... 
LA and not San Francisco? I mean, you were in San Francisco and then how'd you transition over to LA and why? Yeah. So, you know, when I was in the military, I was actually stationed just north of Los Angeles uh, in Ventura, but I went to San Francisco in 2011 because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I spent six years there working at various startups, uh, starting a few of them. And after six years being in San Francisco, I decided in 2017 to move back to LA. It just felt like home. Well, two things. What about LA makes it feel like home? And also, what do you think are the advantages of being LA to build a startup? San Francisco felt like I was there for work, even though I was there for six years. LA's been formative for me as as an adult, uh, having left the farm town and then I sort of landed here. It just felt like home. And so, you know, I've met a lot of great people. I have met a lot of amazing people in the tech industry and in the startup industry. Uh, I have personal friends here. It more closely aligns with who I am as a person. Um, the flow is just a lot more chill. What are the advantages of building a startup here in LA versus obviously everybody thinks Silicon Valley is where it's at. So, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think some of the advantages are there's more diversity in terms of industries. There's a lot of creative industries. There's, you know, biotech and there's energy and there's, you know, rockets. There's all kinds of industries here. It's not as as much of a bubble as it is in the Bay Area. Pretty much if you walk into a coffee shop in the Bay Area, everyone's talking about their startup. They're not really talking about, you know, other things in life. LA is a great place to get exposure to other things going on in the world. Walk us through how you discovered Dachshund and where is Dachshund based? Yeah, so Dachshund is based in the Bay Area. Uh, so that's kind of ironic, but I've worked for a couple of startups now that are based in the Bay Area, but I'm still working remote here in LA. I discovered Docsend, you know, probably a few years ago, just through startups and and you know through knowing that people send their pitch decks through Docsend. Uh, but actually, this summer something funny happened. I was consulting with another client, and someone heard that I was consulting versus being employed, you know, by an actual tech company. So my former VP of marketing at Mattermark reached out to me on LinkedIn and she said, hey, are you open to more consulting gigs? And I said, yes. And so she told her husband, who is the VP of marketing at Docsend. And so she basically referred me to her husband for a consulting job, which resulted in full-time work. That's so dope. And so your superpower is newsletters, right? Yeah, I would definitely say so. And how did that become your superpower? How did you start Startup List? How did you parlay that into being your core competency? Yeah, I mean, I'm a self-taught marketer, self-taught everything. I didn't go to college. So going from being a diesel mechanic to working in tech, that was a crazy jump. But the first thing that I knew that I wanted to do was connect with people and having an email newsletter and that being a channel that I knew that people were going to be reading on the other side was powerful for me in the beginning of my career. Basically, just kept hold of that. And uh, essentially, I wanted to have this idea of creating an environment for people to thrive in. And that's what newsletters are for me. So when I create a newsletter, there's an intention of this person's going to be reading it on the other side. I know who they are. I know what they are going to be interested in. I'm going to find the content, the resources, the best practices, or I'm going to create the content using data or anecdotes or telling stories that is going to add value to their life. And that's basically why I love newsletters. 
And can you walk us through, so many people try to have newsletters and they're not successful. I mean, right now, like, it just seems like the world is like gravitating to Substack to have a paid newsletter, but then so many people don't like fail at it. So how are you able to have a successful newsletter and what can we expect from newsletter.co? Is it newsletter or newsletters? Newsletters. Newsletter was taken. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people, one, are afraid to start a newsletter in general, right? Like once you start a newsletter, there's there's a commitment that you're making to the people that become subscribers. And that, you know, it's, it's a full-time thing. Whether you're curating content or creating original content, you have to always be producing. So that's a barrier because it's, it's hard. Substack is really interesting. It's opened the doors for a lot of people because there was also a technical barrier to starting a newsletter, setting up a landing page, setting, you know, getting familiar with MailChimp or other email service providers. But Substack has made it really easy because you can just sign up for an account and you already have a newsletter, essentially. You just have to write some content, press send. So I think it's a really exciting time for newsletters. But I also think that, you know, other platforms, MailChimp, ConvertKit, tons of other ones still have a lot of potential and, you know, they shouldn't be overlooked. And walk us through, like, can you give us some of your accolades of why you are the newsletter master as well as, yeah, why would we go to newsletters.co? Yeah. So uh, some of my accomplishments, I would say, are, you know, my first newsletter startup list. I grew that from nothing to 15,000 subscribers, and that actually led it to being sold to Mattermark, where I got hired as their first marketing hire. And on day one, I filled out my benefits paperwork, and Daniel Morrill, the CEO, said, okay, send the newsletter. I really didn't know how it was structured, what was going on, how to do it, but I wrote it and I pressed send. So from that day on for nearly three years, I wrote this daily newsletter. And I grew it from roughly 5,000 subscribers in the beginning to over 110,000 subscribers three years later. And a lot of that, you know, was basically built on working with the community as a partner in the newsletter creation. I needed to, you know, invite them to contribute to the newsletter so it would help me curate it with quality content. And I think that's part of the secret of what the Mattermark Daily's, you know, magic was, is that the community felt like they had a voice in what was being published because every day I would say, if you have content to share or if you have any recommendations, feel free to reply to this email or email me directly. You know, 10 to 20 people per day would send in quality content. And I would go through an editorial process of picking and choosing, what can we feature, what do we have space for, you know, or if it's more in-depth uh, content, then I would work with them to develop it into a blog post and we would feature that blog post on, you know. And so it turned into this community-driven, community-curated publication uh, that actually wasn't just me. Is there a particular platform for newsletter distribution that you recommend? We evolved from MailChimp at Mattermark to SendGrid and then finally settled on HubSpot. I think, you know, starting in the beginning, choose the platform that's easiest for you. Maybe you're a little bit more technical, so you could use something like uh, SendGrid. If you're savvy with marketing tools, then you can use MailChimp. If you're just starting out fresh, I would say Substack. If you're 
a platform that also deals with sales and sort of if you're thinking longer term and you need CRM capabilities and just more data, I would say go with HubSpot. But it's really determined on, you know, what kind of newsletter are you creating and, you know, is it tied to a specific business also or is it just personal updates? And how about the infamous ConvertKit? Any thoughts on ConvertKit? Yeah, I don't have any strong feelings either way. I mean, I think, you know, Nathan is Nathan Barry, the CEO and and their team, like they're doing a really good job of, you know, creating a platform that is usable. You know, they're always making improvements. They just created paid newsletters as a product. So you can have subscriptions and different, you know, payment options. There's pros and cons to every email service provider. It really just depends on sort of what you're comfortable with dealing with. I think once you start with an email service provider, you kind of just get comfortable with that and, and deal with the pros and cons that it might have. And you're keeping us all in suspense. Will you please give us the pitch on newsletters.co? Please. My gosh, I have to beg you right. to sell us. I know. Sorry. I, I've noticed. Yeah, I've noticed. I've kept skipping over that. You know, so newsletters.co is still a project, you know, just to forewarn everyone. But really, it's, you know, I'm trying to collect submissions from people that are writing newsletters. You know, you know, let's back up a little bit. Startup List was a website where you submit your startup to a, a website. It's a precursor to Product Hunt, so it has a similar model. You enter inf- information into a form, you submit it to a database, and then it gets shared on the website. The same exact model applies to newsletters.co. You fill out the form on our website, and then your newsletter is listed automatically. There will be a review process in the future, but just not right now. But basically the pitch is, you know, I want newsletters.co to become a or the resource for newsletter creators to list their newsletter, become discovered by potential readers through, you know, our own distribution, through our own SEO, through our own our own growth as a website. Also a community where people can, you know, newsletter creators can interact with other newsletter creators. I want to have resources. There's a lot, you know, starting from I'm brand new to newsletters to I'm a senior newsletter writer. I want to provide resources across those experience levels to help people just be better at writing newsletters. You know, in the beginning of creating a newsletter, you're not thinking about deliverability. You're just creating about, can I press send? Maybe educational courses. And yeah, also, you know, a huge thing that I want to do is every single newsletter that's submitted they're giving me a lot of data, a lot of information. What days are you sending it? Is it paid? Is it free? When did you start it? What tags or categories is your newsletter related to? A lot of other metadata that I'm collecting. And one thing I've learned in marketing over the past few years is just when you have user-generated content or even your own proprietary content as a company, you can use that data to do more marketing. So essentially, I'm trying to create a research platform where all these new submissions and activity on the site and activity on, you know, what newsletters are people interested in, it's creating data that I can create reports with. So I'm going to, you know, eventually have quarterly, what's the quarterly newsletter industry report? Go to newsletters.co to find it, right? Right now I'm in the, the early phases of slicing and dicing roughly 800 submissions and figuring out what the data means, you know, what is it saying? So yeah, basically a media company slash community Slash something else that you don't know yet. 
slash probably more things, maybe an totally. API. I think one great use of newsletters.co is even for advertising opportunities to know what newsletters are out there, because I think newsletters are very slept on as an advertising platform. And they're really great because these newsletter authors have a great relationship with their audience. And to purchase advertising within these newsletters just makes a lot of sense to grow your podcast, to get more customer leads, so many different. Even if you're like looking to get hired for a job, take out an ad in a newsletter and like shout yourself out. You know, (laughs) There's a ton of creative ways to utilize newsletters for advertising. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are, you know, some sites popping up that are, you know, marketplaces for newsletter ads. I think that's super smart. You know, I can say that I have access to all of these newsletter writers and sort of what they're talking about and and other numbers that they're giving me that I could probably create some sort of ad, ad network. You know, I think one thing that every newsletter writer has to do consistently with every single edition they send is distribution, right? So once you press publish on a newsletter, similar to, to pressing publish on a, on a blog post, you have to distribute it to different places or even on a podcast, you know, like you do all the time. Share it on social. You have to tell your friends, share it in your communities, share it in newsletters, right? So I, want, I eventually want to create some way that newsletters can, newsletter creators can collaborate on cross-promotion, but also be a place where if you're creating content, you can basically reach out to me as a newsletter creator and say, hey, can I share my content in your newsletter? Newsletters.co will eventually be able to host that kind of interaction uh, with content creators as well as newsletter creators. I love that. I also just love how genuinely supportive you are of the community. So I'm really excited to see what community aspects you build into newsletters.co. So how can people connect with you online? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Nick R. Frost. You can always email me, nick at nickfrost.org. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram. And we'll include it in the show notes as well. A couple last questions. One, I love to ask, what's your favorite tech tool? It can be an app, hardware, website, whatever's right. Yeah, so this really cool product called Do Not Pay um, is, is live. Uh, it's pretty What cool. is that? Basically, it's a mobile app and now a website. You can get free money. You can get gifts. You can have them reduce your bills. You can uh, file FOIA requests if you need information. Uh, You can have them reduce your tickets. You can have a do not pay inbox and they will control all of your subscriptions. It's super comprehensive. It's like your administrative life assistant. Uh, It's really awesome. That's super cool. I can't wait to like Google that myself. And what can we do as a community to support and accelerate you forward? Submit your newsletters to newsletters.co. <laughs> no. Finally. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Love it. That's a perfect way to wrap up the interview. Was there anything else you wanted to say before we we close out? Yeah, just, you know, thank you, Esprit, for being a light and connector in the LA tech community. Uh, You've, you know, definitely been an inspiration. When I was thinking of moving to LA back from San Francisco, I was like, who should I connect with or what community should I join? We Are LA Tech was absolutely the first thing that I thought of. So I joined their experience club right away. And just thank you for what you do, too. Oh, I appreciate that. Yay. 
If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in the LA Tech community, remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. Wearelatech.com slash community takes you straight to the Facebook group. And say hello on social at wearelatech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Nick Frost, founder of newsletters.co, the place to discover newsletters and gain subscribers. Based in Hollywood, you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Sarah Tran. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.